Michelle Strickland. I have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Good, uh, hello, good evening, everyone, on this uh, wonderful Thursday, September 29th, almost done with the month there. I hope you are all doing well. Of course, you are tuning right back into the Afterlife Chronicles tonight. I am your host, Nicole Strickland, on the WLTKDB.com network there. If you have not followed the show, you can do that on its socials at WLTKDB. And of course, the Afterlife Chronicles at Afterlife Chronicles and beyond. And of course, it's Podbean page, afterlifechronicles.podbean.com. And of course, the show or the station now has shows on its mobile app. So whether you're an iPhone user or Droid user, make sure to get that WLTKDB mobile app. Check out the merch store on WLTKDB.com. I'm sporting a nice... uh, long-sleeved black comfortable t-shirt here which is nice and then of course I will have some merch coming soon as well so we have a fantastic uh, night planned for you just a couple of announcements first of all uh, prayers for those out in Florida I know Hurricane Ian is is pretty powerful so hope, hope everyone is doing well out there I know that something around 2.6 million people are, are without power now so prayers for everyone's safety and then, of course, the OC Paracon is now among us. In two more days, I will be leaving San Diego early in the morning to head up to Anaheim, spending the night there. And it's going to be a fantastic event uh, organized by Henry San Miguel and Unearthing the Supernatural. Uh, let's see, Kelly Brickle and Peter Orbea from the station as well will be there. So it's going to be a great uh, two-day uh, paranormal convention. Very much looking forward to it at the Senesta Hotel in Anaheim, right across the street from Disneyland. And I know some people are going to Disneyland. I can't this time, maybe next time. Uh, Let's see, tomorrow night, Haunted Voices Radio. You can uh, join Todd and I as we have a nice discussion about doppelgangers and poltergeists and different types of ghosts and energies. And people will be sharing a lot of their ghost stories and experiences on the show as well. So that is tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Pacific. Let's see, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. That's about it right now. We are going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we are going to bring in tonight's very special guest. So stay stay tuned and we will see you in a couple seconds. If you're a fan of the paranormal world, then you'll love WLTKDB Talk Radio. Talk shows bringing you the latest on everything paranormal, cryptozoological, metaphysical, true crime, psychic readings, and more. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com.
right there, four minutes past the hour. You're joining the Afterlife Chronicles tonight. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland on WLTKDB.com. Let's go ahead and bring in tonight's very special guest. Adam Gell has a fantastic story, a fantastic experiences having to do with past life regression and Akashic Records. He is a retired high school physical education teacher, podcaster, and Reiki practitioner. So we were we are very honored tonight to have him on the show. So Adam, how are you doing tonight? Okay, welcome. Thank you for having me here, Nicole. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm honored to be here and share yeah. my story with everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I've been reading about your story and it's very inspiring. And so uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. And I apologize. I have a clock right there that's chiming. I live right near uh, Miramar. So we have jets flying around tonight's their, uh, practice night, I guess. So you might hear that during the show. Right, right. That's okay. So it's all good, right? We just roll with it. So, uh, you have an amazing story with past life regression and Akashic records. Why don't we start there with your your journey with this? Because it's just utterly fascinating. Well, I was a, a junior high school teacher, physical education teacher uh, for about 30 years. I finished teaching about two years ago. Um, and I would say maybe about, about 10 years ago, uh, having had Lyme disease, I was maybe awoken to the fact that I was more um, more aware of my environment and the things that were creating anxiety for me and different types of emotions that I was getting in touch with. And one of the things that I noticed in my gymnasium was every time I looked up at the school vent up in the ceiling, I would run to have the custodian shut the heat off or just like stop the heat from coming in through the vent. And for me, it was... Uh, it was either a paranoid feeling and my coworkers would say, what's the matter? Did you, did you ask him to shut the vents? And I said, actually I did. And it was so strong, such a strong feeling for me to wind up doing this uh, that I was just thinking to myself, I, I didn't understand the, 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 the direct feeling the strong emotions that were tied to this. Uh, but as, as I was going through these, these feelings, I developed asthma and one of the coworkers of mine had told me, she said, you know, there's a person I know that that works with holistic, you know, healing. And at that point, I, did, I was just taking, you know, medications and stuff like that. I had no clue of what holistic entailed other than the fact that I was interested in acupressure and acupuncture. Uh, and I was interested in, you know, holistic to some extent. So what happened was I contacted this gentleman on the phone. And as he heard my voice, he said to me, you have asthma without me telling him. Mm. So he said, why don't you come in and, uh, you know, we'll see what I can do. So I did come in, and as I as I was going for repeated sessions, uh, I was recognizing the fact that I was opening up to this energy that was, you know, that he was working with, uh, and he was telling me you have this ability yourself to do the work that I'm doing. And as I as I went further and further, I was becoming more intuitive. Whatever you know, he was telling me about patients, and I would tell him what was wrong with them as he knew himself. Uh, but as I kept going further and further, he would tell me, you know, you had a you, you were from World War II. And I didn't ask him any further questions because I didn't have any recollection at that point or couldn't tie any experiences through to the past. Um, and so at that point, I just took it in. I digested it a little bit and I stored it there. And as I was going for these, these healing sessions, I was opening up, as he had said, to more of an intuitive mindset. And I was opening up all my chakras and having the ability to feel you know, a deeper connection to spirit and intuition. And so I connected to uh, the Akashic Records. I read a book by Gabrielle Orr, which was called One True Love. 
as, as I read the book, I also said, you know what, maybe I'll get a reading. And the reading, you know, proceeded and I didn't tell her anything about me. I'd asked her questions why I'm feeling these asthma and these particular things. And she said, do you speak German? So, well, I lived in Germany in 1987. And this reading was maybe about five years ago, six years ago. Uh, so I lived in Germany. I was married to a German woman. And while I was in Germany, I spoke German fluently within five months. Uh, I almost matriculated at, uni at the Fra Frankfurt University. So people in Germany were saying, well, you know, how did you speak so quick? How did you learn so fast? And as I was roaming around Germany, I felt sort of like I, this was home to me. Uh, having, have, having had a Jewish mother and a Russian father biologically, uh, and this deep connection to Germany at that point in 1987, and then as it faded away and I got divorced and this all just slipped at my wayside, uh, this, these memories or these, this feeling of now understanding through this reading from the Akashic Record reading that there was a connection to a past life in Germany. Um, and the woman said, you were a doctor in the concentration camps. Wow. Uh, the doctor in the concentration camps. I, people at work would call me doc. You know, they would call me doc. Um, and I spoke the language fluently. And I was interested in anatomy and physiology as a physical education teacher. It was one of my, you know, one of my better subjects of, 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 of interest and, and, um, and study. As, 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 I, as the years progressed and I was doing more, I was, you know, doing readings for people and people doing readings for me, uh, I had a client. Well, actually, before that, I went to a, a, a psychic medium workshop. And while I was in the, in, at, at the workshop, they were burning the incense. In, in the place. And I had asked the teacher if she could please put that out. And she asked me why. And I said, um, and the girl next to me answered, it wasn't from this life. It was from your past life. The smoke. Wow. Wow. So I said, okay, okay. Once she said that to me, I knew the connection already from having had the reading. So I just kept my mouth closed and I put up with it. Uh, and then I said, she said, you have to deal with this. I said, okay. The, you know, the girl said that to me next to me, not the teacher. So as I did, as I was progressing, as I, as I said before, um, I was doing a reading. I do the Akashic Record readings, uh, and I also do the distance Reiki. I do distance Reiki healing. And I had a client, and the client was, um, it was a Zoom meeting. person was sitting down at the, at the on, sitting on their couch. Um, and then as the session was coming to a close, before I was finishing, the person got up and said, I remember you. And I said, where? She said, from the concentration camps. And I said, wow. I said, you know, you know, the other people told me the same exact story, or at least that was the past live reading. And she said, yes, I see you there. You were, it was just such a dark and, glo and gloomy f atmosphere. Uh, and I, I see you there. And uh, so I said, do me, do me a favor. Now, I did a reading, an Akashic Record reading for this particular past life on myself individually. And I found that I came from Berlin and I had a, a German mother and a Jewish father. And I somehow found the street in my reading of where I was. And I did a remote viewing actually of the hospital, the Charité, which was the hospital where most of the doctors and Jewish doctors per se studied right. uh, before they went off to, you know, to become doc medical doctors. But more specifically, they were sent to the front to either serve in the German, you know, help the, the, the soldiers uh, and then some of them were executed, which was what happened to me, I was told. Um, but to, 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 to get back to the, the, the dealing with the, the reading from the woman, 
Uh, I asked her, if, you know, maybe, you know, I, I told her that I had other readings done that I was, in fact, the doctor in the concentration camps. And you're confirming that based upon your own, you know, insight and intuition. And she said, absolutely. She said, I said, do me a favor, do a reading and see where you think I came from and, and you know, everything that has to do with that past life. So a week later, she comes back and she says, you were from Berlin and you had a, Jew a Christian mother and a Jewish father. And I said, that's exactly what I got. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. So the, now my interest, now my understanding of why I had these pas passions of something that was, you know, related to a dark period in history, but yet it, it was something that evoked something in me that needed to be awoken and to be dealt with and, and cleansed from my system. Uh, and so I had interviewed someone on my podcast, this husband and wife. Um, who have past life regressions and so on. They, they deal with past life regressions. And after the interview, I told them a little bit about my story that I'm telling you. And they said, you know, Adam, I think there's somebody that's going to contact you. And I said, okay. I didn't know who it was and what it was related to. And then a woman contacts me and she says, Adam, my name is so-and-so. Um, I lived, I was, I was born in France or I was, I don't know if she was born in France. She says, but you were the doctor in Auschwitz that saved my life. Oh my gosh. And I said, Explain. What? I said, please explain. And she said, yes. She says, I was, uh, I was pregnant and you pulled me off the line and you helped, you, you saved me from, 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 I guess from death. Uh, and you helped, help you. She, she told me that I helped her by allowing her to work with me in the clinic, in the hospital, in one of the hospitals. And I, I did, so then I did a reading from Auschwitz and I saw a white building and she says, yes, that's the white building where I don't know what exactly took place there. And I didn't really want to know or get into it in detail, but it was something that she that I saw. And then I saw it on, I looked it up on the computer and I saw the images of one of the buildings. It was only one white building. And she said, she remembered that white building. That this is like incredible. And this is one of the reasons I think that we need to discuss past lives and go into this regression because, you know, a lot of people go about their daily lives and, and you know, you, you talk about certain emotions or certain things, certain places that evoke these, these feelings or these senses. And, and many times they stem from past lives. And so I think by studying it and getting to know where we were can really help us evolve in this life and even in future lives. Incredible, incredible story. Now, when you were getting these readings, like how did you viscerally feel when you were, did it feel like, like an epiphany, like an aha moment? Like, yes, that's absolutely right. Because well, I imagine, I uh, yeah, oh, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, for me, it was, it was, it was interesting because the things that I was passionate about, the interests that I had, the connection to the old feeling of being connected to Germany or Europe and right. uh, the, the language and the interest and just the fascination of things that, that I had, a, that I had a connection to had made me say, you know, how's this possible that I have such a strong feeling to these things when I've never experienced it, obviously in this particular life, other than maybe going to Germany and then having an interest in there. And it felt more home to me there than it was home being here. Uh, and yet it was connected to a dark part of, of history and also of my experience itself as well. But what I, what I found is, is that I, f I feel that the, we, we're repeating the cycles of things that we need to resolve in our lives. And so we're presented with the same uh, issues, 
the same conflicts so that we grow from the experience and we our soul develops and is able to overcome that particular trauma by either assisting other people in terms of giving them the insight of what they can do in a situation or just, you know, evolving as a soul in general. I mean, we chose to choose the lives that we have. Uh, and we have those particular virtues that we need to work on when we come back to this planet. And I, that's the common denominator of the soul's journey in, in, this, in, in, in the Akashic records and discovering more about past lives and, 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 and the records. Now, for someone uh, that is not familiar, of course, with the Akashic records, what is it? Like, how would you well, tell that person? How would you describe it for that person? Yeah, well, it, the Akashic records, is it's it's a vibrational library in the fifth dimension. It's not an actual physical library. Right. But it contains all the information of the universe, of all beings, like from the beginning of time and space. Like in the Old Testament, it would be considered the book of life. Right, okay. Uh, but yeah. it's, an endure, it's an enduring record of all that happens and all that's ever happened in a time and field of information between the spaces of particles. So everything that we speak, everything, how we act, whatever we do is recorded as a vibrational, um, you know, connection to the Akasha and the Akasha records it as a vibrational like frequency. And then it gets stored. And a person like myself who reads the Akashic records is able to then access information, the information for a person's past lives, present moment and future possibilities. Uh, yeah. This is so fascinating. Now, the people that you work with, are there some individuals that can really access the Akashic, Akashic records a little bit more, I guess, easy than others, would you say? Or is it pretty much well, middle I think, of the road for everyone? I think when we remove self, self-doubt from yeah. opening up to spirit and allowing the intuition um, the right side of our brain to be, you know, more intuitive, to open ourselves up to, to that energy, uh, especially from the eighth chakra on, uh, we're able to then connect. I think everybody is, everybody is capable of connecting. Uh, some people um, receive the information in a different way. Some receive it through, through visual, visual, some hear it you know, through, through hearing. So each thing, each person is different, but the vibrational energy itself will always create a shift in the person who opens up the records for themselves. Whereas some people like myself, who's doing a reading, I'm receiving information, um, which I hear and I, you know, I get a download of information. And so how does that, how does it come for you? Is it how, or how, I guess my question is when that information comes, I imagine it's a very visceral type of feeling. It's, 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 it's almost, uh, you feel it without any, yeah. any judgment. There's no judgment. There's this sense of openness. It's a sense of feeling it in your body without doubt. Yes, and, absolutely. That's kind of like what I was thinking. It's And it's hard to put it into words, but you just know and you, when you feel something and you feel that it fits and you feel in your soul that that's right, you have to go with it. How can you how can you ignore that, right? Right. Well, the, the information is when, when I'm doing a reading for someone, I'm opening up their particular records with a specific prayer. And that prayer is an energetic vibration, which allows me to then access the own, that person's records themselves. So, so in doing the reading, I'm receiving information from a masters and teachers or ancestors, loved ones from the people who I'm doing the reading for. It's not information that I'm just seeing. It's also being presented to me. And then through that presentation, I don't interpret it. I tell the person if that makes sense 
with the information that I'm passing through. And I bet the feedback too that they give you is just phenomenal. When you yeah, do the this. feedback the feedback is good. The people, uh, you know, names and 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 favorite colors and certain things which have a significance in a certain a person's life in terms of a birthday, even a person passing, or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, bringing the information back to the past from someone's past and not the person not, not understanding why they're stuck and what parts of themselves that they left behind in their past that they haven't incorporated in their adult life, which creates that, that separation from themselves. But myself doing a reading and a person, obviously I don't know the person and then me passing this information on, it brings it, it helps the person assimilate that information back into their, into them, into their or auric field, into the energy, energy body. Absolutely. And we have a comment here. Uh, so Facebook user says, absolutely right, Adam, in the religion of theosophy and the philosophical school called anthroposophy, uh, the Akashic records are like a compendium of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and life forms. And many forget that's not just human. So that's an interesting comment right there. Right. That's right. So absolutely. And then uh, another interesting thing I thought of, too, have you found and even in, in the people that you've actually uh, worked with that a lot of the individuals that they know in this present life, whether it's family, friends, co-workers, have you found that those same people also in a past life you knew as well? You're talking about me per se? or, or Yeah, you, you and then um, as well as like some of your some of the people you work with. Well, I would say that um, I, I would say that the people that um, had these connections with have definitely had a, had a connection to me in li many lives, not just this particular life itself or the past life. You know, everybody shifts different characters and roles in in the, in the lives when we, we 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 come into in this in this planet. So one, you could be the mother, you could be the father, you could be the the, the, the sister or the brother, and we're just shifting roles to learn to play that particular energy and then bring it in in combination and then you know work with one another to, to to play the different roles of one person being in power person being more in a submissive role um one person being the male the female and us carrying these energies with us and shifting from one life to the next so that we do reach feel the gamut of of what what it means to be a human Absolutely. That's, that's so, so well said. And, you know, going back to your, you know, World War Two and, and being a doctor and, and the Holocaust and all of that, um, you know, there's, I, I should say before that is, I think a lot of synchronicities play into this as well. And I've actually learned throughout my life and in my work to pay attention more to all the different synchronicities, because they they tell a story and they teach us so much. So um, I was reading in your story too. Your your um, and this is so interesting, and it goes back to past lives. You know the the, the uh, phobia of doctors and the the, the striped clothing. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah. Let's share that because I think yeah. it's so fascinating. That was very interesting because, um, well, I would say the 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 phobia, the fear of doctors came 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 about when I was going through this period. Actually, when I reached this stage of where I had this feeling of the uh, of the vents in the building making me sick and having right. a fear for them, and then having Lyme disease, and then I dreamt that I had Lyme disease, and I had Lyme disease. I went to the doctor and I said to the doctor, "I have Lyme disease." He says, "What do you? I don't know what you're talking about." I said, "Just give me a test, please." And once I once I had that premonition, I it came to the to, to the point where now I had to question doctors. 
And so this was where I thought this particular like time and timeline came in to be now. All right. Before that, I wasn't fearful of doctors, but now something's causing me to have a mistrust. And what is it? So I kept, I couldn't figure it out. As soon as the doctor entered the room before that, I was years before that I was okay. Now I was mistrusting and I didn't understand why I had this deep paranoia as if I was going to be taken away and I wasn't going to be released. And so having had the reading as well, I was told, and this made complete sense to me, you felt that you were not trusted as a doctor because of what you had to do and the guilt that you suffered. Very good. There's the connection. And the connection was here, I'm going to a doctor and you mistrusted person who's supposed to take care of you, but you know, displacing what you once were onto this doctor. And I actually felt completely like the doctor knew nothing as he just was going to a protocol. Yeah. And And that's how I felt. And, and, and I would, you know, reach this conclusion that I would have like a real panic attack. I'd be like shaking and freaking out. As soon as I got out, I would like wipe my brow and say, I made it. As if I made it out, like without being taken. That's how I felt. I felt mistrusting of myself, having had this past life of what I had to do. And now looking at the doctor in the same role as being someone who was just going along with a system of having to just, you know, do what they had to do to, to, I don't know, dispose of you maybe or get rid of you or follow protocol. And, you know, you couldn't really speak your mind to say what you had to say to help somebody out. Right. And then, and, yeah. and, and then as I recalled and I felt this, I said, you know, I, I can never, everybody said, I want you to wear this shirt. The shirt will look good on you. And it was a striped shirt running, mm. running vertical. And I said, I cannot wear that shirt. It makes me nauseous or sick. I could wear a horizontal, a stripe going the other way with no problem. But pajamas, I can never wear pajamas. Like if I wore pajamas with stripes, I felt like I was sick. And my everybody would say, how come you can't wear pajamas? I said, nah, you only wear pajamas when you're sick. And I didn't understand how people wore pajamas. I look like, and some people, like they could look cool, you know, like they could look like they were have a pipe in their hand or wear like a scarf. <laughs> I said, okay, like that like that type, type of look maybe. But uh, regular pajamas, no, I couldn't wear it. And it made me, it scared me. Uh, as well as other things that I just came, came to think about recently, which is when I went to camp, I had to go to sleepaway camp and I went for two weeks and we went on a horse and buggy ride, like a, 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 like a hayride. And I was crying by myself and I was looking over the mountain of the camp saying, I want to get home. I want to get home. And I was with my cousins and they were like in their own little world, but I was in my own little world. Now I connected that recently to the feeling of being taken away. Right. And then, there's, I mean, and this is a prime example, the stripes, you know, going back into the Holocaust, that's what they wore. Yes. That's where that fear emanates from. So that's, that's a, that's a prime example. And something I, you know, I actually have um, a fear of flying. And I always have had a fear of flying. And what's interesting is uh, going in my past, I've had relatives that actually passed away, sadly, on the Hindenburg disaster. So that could be kind of where maybe my fear of flying comes in. So it's, it's just interesting how we can connect and really examine the aspects of our, our, our current life and really see, like you said, uh, how our soul's evolving and what in repeating the same lessons until we learn the lessons. And really, this is why I love past life regression, because it can really tell us a lot about where we came and, and what we need to learn now. And then even moving forward as our souls ascend. So 
Very, very, yeah. very fascinating. I, I think then, I, I think a lot of a lot of the lessons are self love and self acceptance. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I think the fact that we we go through these these harsh uh, harsh experiences in many lives, inevitably we have to love ourselves, love ourselves, and accept ourselves in order to love and accept others as well. And I think the journey takes us back always to that in many situations. You know, whether absolutely, whatever, yeah, whatever difficulty we experience, we have to learn to love ourselves. It's interesting too, because some of the, the most uh, endearing people that I've met are ones that have gone through trauma, that have had past trauma, whether it's childhood trauma or some sort of PTSD or just going through a lot of challenges, some of the most endearing people. And it's like, you first have to love yourself before you can love others. That's, that's just yeah, prime right there. So, absolutely. and then uh, let's get into some of the healing practices that you've gone through chakra healing, sound healing, Reiki, even, uh, which has incorporated so much. I mean, I've even, I'm attuned to Reiki and I've, I've actually given it and I've received it and it's, it's phenomenal. It's really helped me a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I do, uh, I do Reiki work. I also do shamanic work. I, I do oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I do Andean work, uh, Andean tradition work. Olympia, which is a uh, Andean tradition of clearing the uh, the, or, the energetic body, uh, removing the energies that um, accumulate around the body, and removing you know the energy that has the potential to create disease and ailments and depression um, in the different areas of the body. So it's usually um, the, the 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 routine is clearing the energetic body with with an egg. The egg absorbs the the negativity from the from the from the body and has a, it has its own porous system where when you rub it over the different chakra areas of the body it removes negative energy it has the potential sometimes to actually crack from the high amounts of energy in a specific area of the body um, I incorporate that with with sound um, and pendulum healing which is removing nice. each specific chakra and then clear closing the chakras and 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 and, and Focusing in on which chakras need the most assistance and, and get sending energy to those places. I use the different of uh, vibrational sounds that res resonate with each particular chakra. Um, and so those are the, the, the basic things. But for the most part, along that's what I do. And I, but for the most part, the Akashic record readings is something that actually, since our emotional body is tied to our physical body and most of yes. our physical ailments come from our emotional stagnation or, or conflicts that we don't resolve. Many times the Akashic Record readings has that potential to assist people to go back to a place that they forgot about or didn't want to remember. And it brings back, it helps bring back that part of the soul that was detached from the person. And it connects, it, it puts the pieces together. So right, that's a that's yeah. an excellent way to put it. And actually, I forgot to flash this earlier. This is a great comment by Rob Thompson. He said, it's like a metaphysical credit report that changes once you and because you access it. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's, that's, an, that's excellent. That's a good yeah. way to put it. I think yeah. that that's very, very uh, an astute an astute way to put it. Um, getting back to Akashic Records, have you delved into what the scientific community uh, says about it and what its analysis is of it, or do you try yeah, to keep well, that separate? Yeah. Well, Irvin Laszlo, who was 20, 2004 and 2005 was nominated for a Nobel peace prize. And he validated, That's right. yeah. he va validated the existence of the scientific view of the Akasha. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they acknowledge that there's that space in between space that interplays with the emotions um, in the quantum field. Yes. And yes. Yeah. So it's it's an inter it's an interweb. Every atom and every cell, it, you know, exists. It exists everywhere, but it's the space between space. And so I think Einstein called it like a spooky phenomenon. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes. And yeah. So they know that they know that our emotion has an impact on the quantum field. You know, non-locality, people can influence atoms and have make them change their direction and movement based upon one person walking into a room and another per- person walking into the room. And even if the person was concentrating on it from a distance, just like Reiki, they know that it has the potential to shift energies and, 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 and manifest changes in, in people. So yeah, there's science, science recognizes this definitely. Yes, I've actually read some articles myself on it. And it's the whole concept, too, of the whole collective consciousness to me is is uh, uh, very important as well. And, and to realize that, you know, we're all we're all connected in, in more ways than we know and not just with ourselves, but with, you know, the different universes and galaxies beyond. And so remote viewing you do as well. And that's something that uh, I I do and it, and it comes natural and it's hard to like explain how it how it's done but how have you or my, I guess my question is like through exploring Akashic Records and through past life regression has that helped you to improve your the way you remote view I would say yes and no because sometimes uh, you 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 sometimes your intuition is not always uh, serve doesn't always serve in a specific type of target in terms of doing the remote viewing because you do have feedback and hits that emotional energies that come in that can influence or shift the the actual target of what you're really looking at in terms of aols and breaking them apart you know the the different types of distractions that your mind can create you know the biggest we get in we get in our way the most when it comes to any type of intuition so um yeah i would say that while I'm interested in, I and I'm and I and I've delved into that. I I don't focus in too much on it. Although, I, as I said before, in terms of my Akashic reading, I wound up doing a remote viewing of that situation, and I actually saw my shoes that I wore in the university and the wow. color of the building. So I drew that. I drew the building, and I looked on the computer, and I looked up the Charité. There was a red building with a corridor, a hall area where you know, like a courtyard in the outside and it was what i drew so that was something that assisted me in terms of what i what i needed and i'm wondering too like if deja vu you know you have these moments we all have these like deja vu moments of right then and there and in in that moment you feel like wow i've been here before something about this seems familiar and i'm wondering if that's what we're tapping into either maybe a, a parallel universe of some sort or just tapping into maybe an experience or an encounter that we had right. perhaps well, in a past life. Well, you know? I, don't, I, think, I don't think time is linear. I, think I don't that, either. Yeah. I think that we are in connected to different aspects of our past and they're playing out and we're returning and going forward at different places and different times. And I think when we need the information to enhance our soul, I think we can get in contact directly with those energies in that time frame in order for us to be directly in contact with the emotional feelings that help us grow and help create a shift for us. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny because when I was in Germany in 1987, I was meeting soldiers who were from World War II. And I was 21. 
um, and my ex-wife's family, and many of them were in the army, uh, and they were they were connected to me. They would talk to me as if I was one of their comrades, even though I was 21 years old and they were in their mid 60s. I'd go to actually to the bar with them and have a beer and a drink with them, and they didn't say a word, and I didn't say a word, and they would just sit there, and they would look out the window and just drink their sorrows or their traumas away. Yeah. And I was like a news reporter taking this in, but everywhere I went, like I'd go in Germany, a guy would tell me, you know, I was in the submarine division. Just tell me out of nowhere. I'd be walking in the street, and a guy would come up to me and say, hey, hello, and I'd say yes. He'd say, you know who I was? And I'd say, no, tell me. He goes, I, would, I was in the bombers. I would drop bombs and I would take pictures of the surveillance out of nowhere. So it was something to bring me to remember and to resolve the issues that I had experienced in that life that were now affecting me in this life and that I needed to resolve. Trust. I needed to, you know, self-love my own identity, a Jewish mother, a Russian father, having been in Germany, uh, all of these different entities or these different uh, energies pulling and pushing at me uh, created this feeling of like, all right, what do I do? Like, how do I resolve this? But I think life itself just naturally, you know, went in its direction and actually brought me to the places I needed to go because I was open to hearing and, and listening to the spirit and listening to my inner voice. Absolutely. You know, when you're open, when you're open minded and you are uh, living through your your heart and your soul, that's when the ascension happens, I think. And that's when, you know, we we can really heal yeah, and evolve. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you have a very interesting story about how you've utilized Akashic Records in exploring your ancestry. Can you elaborate on that? Well, um, I would say that the, the Akashic Records brought itself to a connection of not only my past life, but also to my ancestors uh, and the connection to, um, to, to my own experience. Let's say I was, I was, I had, a, I was divorced and I had, I have two children and the experience of divorce separation uh, is a very painful uh, yes. li- a living, painful experience uh, where, you know, the, the possibility of connection is great, but the possibility of rejection is also great and yeah. separation. Very well said. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I, I, as a seven-year-old, I would visit my grandmother's house. Um, I would go to a house in Brooklyn. She was a block and a half away from me. And when I had trauma and stress in my house, when my father was aggravated and he didn't handle things too well, I was very sensitive. I was, I was very intuitive at that age. I knew that I needed to either fight back or get out of the house. So I went to my grandmother's house, which was a block and a half away. Uh, and what happened was she would sit me down and she would feed me food, but her real intention was to show me photo albums. And I would, she would take out these photo albums and I'd look through them as a seven-year-old. And I was not interested, but then eventually I was very interested and I started turning the pages and I came to this man in a military uniform uh, who was, I asked my grandmother who this person was. And she said, this is your grandfather. And I said, my grandfather, it didn't look like the grandfather that she was living with. So I stored it in my mind. I went home. I asked my father, I said, dad, um, did you know your father was a soldier? And he said, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about that subject. So. I buried it a little bit, but every time I went to my grandmother's house, she would take out the photo albums, but I would go to the photo album with that picture of the man in a military uniform. I would take out that photo album. 
to make a long story short, as the years progressed, I would keep going to the drawer. I would look at the photos. I, my father eventually, when he came over, I'd say, Dad, this was your father. He said, yes, this was my father. I go, did you know him? He goes, no, I, didn't, I don't even know what happened to him. Huh. So I said, and it was just buried, except my grandmother would then share stories, war stories about World War II, and said that he was a school teacher and that she saw him the last time before he got killed a week before he was sent to the front. And that was the end of the story. Skip 20 years later, 30 years, 40 years later, I'm going through this divorce and the memory of myself saying, you know, we're, we're each one of us comes into this life and some people more famous than others. Some people have a greater story than others. Some people get into the limelight. They earn more money than another person, but that doesn't make, mean that they're better. And it just doesn't, it doesn't mean that their story should be better than someone whose story isn't told yet. And I thought about my grandfather, who was a soldier who died during the war. He lost his last name because my grandmother remarried a new man with a different last name. My father's name changed. My name changed. Uh, and this man was forgotten about. He was a school teacher. He gave his life to the, to the war effort. Uh, he was well respected. And I said, it's so easy for us to be forgotten. You know, once we die, once we're gone, what what do we have as a remnant to to for the, for family members to remember us? Sometimes it's just photos, and even photos get thrown out, and people don't even know the person's name. Right. Well, I didn't want that chain to be broken. So I, when my grandmother passed away, she had a treasure treasure chest of all her photos, but in that treasure chest of photos was also a diary, or diary entries from many different diary entries. And I said, wow, what is this? I opened them up and they were written in Russian, I thought, but it was Russian letters, but it was the Komi language, which is, which is an indigenous people of, no of Northern Russia. Make a long story short, I had all these diaries translated by a family member that I sent over randomly with one of the addresses in one of her books that she had, and it was her aunt. And she, 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 she translated all these pages and so on. And I wound up finding my grandfather's grave. I wound wow. up finding the family of my father's this person in this photo. And I made a documentary film, which played in the film festivals in, in the tri-state area. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Wow. What an honor. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's my grandfather, my, my maternal grandfather actually was a, a, a doctor in world war two. And so he actually was on the, Oh gosh, what was it? The USS Ormsby. So I'm wondering, do you know if your if if your grandfather actually sailed on either the uh, RMS Queen Mary or Queen Elizabeth by chance? My grandfather was a Russian soldier. Okay, so he okay. That's yeah, right. he, so he, he died on the he died right. on the front. That's right. Yeah, as a ski soldier, yeah. So he was in the Battle of Moscow. Yeah, that that yeah. Okay, Russian. Yeah, I was thinking. I forgot about that. Yeah, so. I was thinking, well, maybe, yeah, American, it could have been. Because, never know. Yeah, I mean, I've been researching the Queen Mary for years. And, uh, you know, once America entered the war after the attack on Pearl Harbor, you right, know, she right. started her GI shuttle days and, you know, escorting all these U uh, U.S. troops. So I, I forgot he was Russian. So, wow. And so you were able to locate his his resting spot, which is phenomenal. And in, and in this documentary, really telling his story. So it's almost like in a way you have, you got closure for that and for him as well. Well, I got closure for my, you know, it helped me better understand my father. So, you know, I mean, we, we have relationships with our parents and it's so easy for us to distance ourselves from the traumas and stresses. 
Yes. And while it's it's respectable for a person to either do that or not do that or whatever they choose to do, inevitably, I think it's someone's responsibility in the family to understand or break the cycle or the chain of dysfunction that takes place in families. And I think for me, had I not done the work of finding my grandfather and not bringing closure to the male line in my family uh, and not understanding where things were at a continuum, I felt that something was missing and had it had to be had to be to be fixed. And so I felt it was my calling to do this work, to go and do and find him and bring him back into the family so that in essence, my father had closure also because my father was traumatized as a war child uh, going from country to country. And he had no clue actually what his father's last name was. He didn't know his father was even a soldier, like what he was. He had no idea. He knew, he knew nothing. He knew absolutely nothing. And I brought his memory back into the family. And my documentary film shows that particular uh, you know, episode or, or it, him confronting, looking at his, the picture of his father for the first time. and Well, not the first time, but looking at it under my eyes and him breaking down and looking at his name and not even knowing how to say it, but crying when he's saying it. So it was a very touching film and it was a touching moment, but it was also touching for me to know that we can bring back people who've passed on from our family into the memory of the family. Absolutely. And that person could be us one day. Absolutely. Beautifully, beautifully said. Can your film, is it online? Uh, I, have it, I have it on my YouTube channel. It's called Forgotten. Oh. Okay. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to watch it. I, it's just, it's, this is the type of inspiration that inspires me. And some of the most beautiful work from people I think are inspired by that, that soul felt calling. And when we have a calling to do something, you have to follow your heart and just do it. So absolutely. There is a comment here. Uh, You, you're going to be able to translate this. Uh, Not me. I don't have my, my translator out yet. I'll I'll translate it to you. (laughs) Wow. It says many thanks, Adam and Nicole for an absolutely fascinating show. I hope, uh, I hope, I hope one day to meet you and many thanks. Oh, awesome. Good stuff. That's amazing. And then, so uh, what's your YouTube channel? Because someone's asking for the link. My for... YouTube channel is, well, I'll send it to you. It's called Conversations with Adam Gell and Inspiring Minds. Oh, that's easy. Okay. that's I like that. Ooh, Inspiring Minds. I love that. Yeah, that's conversation. Phenomenal. It's a little bit long, but it's it, it's what I felt was necessary. So it's you know Conversations. What? Yep. Yeah. Got to go with your heart. And your website to adamgelluniversalhealing.com, which is, I love the name of that as well. So I forgot to uh, mention that at the beginning, adamgelluniversalhealing.com. So we have about like f- almost 15 minutes left in the show. I UFOs always fascinate me. So I, I want to get into your uh, your UFO experience and, and what that meant for you and where that fits into the equation of things for you. Well, I, I think that I think that once we go in the ra- we go up the rabbit hole yeah. of, of opening up ourselves to spirit. I think there's like almost a checklist of things that come our way or we're going to check off and recognize yes. how vast the universe is. And I think one of them is our, is our connection to the uh, galactic energies and entities that exist in this in this universe and throughout. Absolutely. You know, and I think once we are able to crack that understanding that we are not the only ones that exist, and as we look back on many of the prophecies, the Hopi prophecies, the Hopi people, 
you know, the different connections that people uh, can read in other people, whether they're Palladians or from Sirius or Arcturians, all the different types of alien races that people can actually, you know, speak of and have uh, a connection to other people through this. And, uh, you know, I've interviewed people like Angela Thompson Smith, who's written voices from the cosmos, who had connection to different alien groups. Yes. Yes. I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah. And I myself have run into people who told me that they weren't from here or they had a connection or there was some type of abduction that took place. They didn't get into it too much, but I knew, you know, I was being connected to these people in some connection in some way. Uh, one of the, one of the interesting things was I was in New Hampshire about three years ago. Uh, and I told my girlfriend, I said, you know, something happened in this specific town. It was, um, I think Lincoln, Lincoln, um, New Hampshire might've been Lincoln. I'm not sure. Anyway, I said, I looked it up and on the internet said, this was the place where the first abduction of Betty and Bonnie Hill took place. The Betty and Bonnie Hill story. And I said, in the exact town, in this hotel, this little town is where this took place. And actually out my hotel room was the plaque where they, this, the, the state registry, you know, validated the fact that it took place. And they had a sign on the street saying, here is the place where Betty and Bonnie Hill were abducted. And I said, right out, I said that I felt that something was right there. So for me, that connection of having that understanding, you know, created also this feeling of being connected to the universe. <clears throat> And the possibility of some type of maybe connection. And then maybe and that summer, I was on the beach and I sat on the beach and all of a sudden about maybe four or 500 feet out of the air came this disc. And then I looked at it, it looked like a balloon, but then it flattened out and then it just took off right into the, into the clouds. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how did it, <coughs> excuse me. I remember I was watching you on another interview and you said it, it almost looked like, Oh God, how did you word it? Like a sideways balloon. Yeah. It looked in like a, a way, which is just so, in, you know, when I, when I was hearing you talk about that, the first thing that I thought was, wow, that's kind of what the, the uh, Hindenburg actually looked like. It kind of like that where it well, yeah, pill, that was a pill shape. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, that, I, have you, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I've I've had the interesting thing was I think opening up to this realm of understanding happened when I would have just conversations with random people and they say, you know, I never told anybody, but I saw this disc when I was like 14 and my neighbor's mother came out and said, did you see that? And it took off. And then there was this 85 year old man, actually, speaking of the Hindenburg, he said, you know, when I was in New York, the Hindenburg came through. And that was the day it exploded in Lakeview in New Jersey, Lakeview or Lakehurst, New Jersey. He said, I, I was crying when I saw it. I don't know if I was crying because I saw the swastika, he said, or I was crying because I knew something was going to happen. Yes. And sure enough, it exploded, obviously, on its on its landing in, in, in New Jersey. Um, but, yeah, I would say that um, well, these people were sharing stories with me because I had an interest, but also I guess they felt, you know, on a subconscious level that they could express something that was deeper and maybe I would have an understanding of it. And it certainly it certainly did. The other day, actually, I look. I'm, uh, I was out. In, I'm in Jersey, and I looked out at the west, and I saw these orb, this yellow orb, floating, floating around, which was which wasn't as interesting as another experience, which was a blue like Roman candle going off over the parkway, maybe like six oh, o'clock. Oh wow! Away. Okay, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, and it's. It, I think we have these sorts of experiences when when it's time and when it's meant for us. And I've no, I mean, in, 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 in my work, I've, 
I've always been intuitive myself and I've found just be, like exposing myself and being more open to it. These senses just get greater and you have more of these experiences and more of these uh, synchronistic types of, of encounters. And I, UFOs are fascinating. I was actually real quick driving. I'm in San Diego, California, and I was in my neighborhood and it was slight, it was summertime and it was right before dusk and we had just had a rainstorm. And so the cloud it was still partly cloudy. The clouds were kind of clearing and I happened to look up and it was a round, definitely a disc, but on the edge of it, there were these blue lights just on the edge of it. And they just kept blinking in and out. And I was sick because I was at a red light and I was staring up there at the sky. And then all of a sudden it just, it vanished just like that. But it, it's such a, it's such a, Oh God, I don't know how to describe it when you have an encounter like that. It, it's like you, it, 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 you're, it's intriguing, but you want to know more. Yeah. You, know, you want to like delve more into like, you know, who are they? Where are they coming from? You want that connection. It, it's just, I don't know. That's how well, I, 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 I think they're making, I think they're making connection with people they know have an opening to this information. And I, yes, I agree. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think they're visiting people that are able to, to, to digest the information and pass the information on to others in a way that maybe opens them up to the, you know, spreading of their introduction into our lives, which Absolutely. they're here anyway, but you know, in a more profound manner that people would actually be able to download and receive information that puts them on this journey. Well said. And your opinion too, with the pandemic, you know, I, 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 I kind of think outside the box a little bit and I feel like, yes, we have this pandemic, but there's a greater reason for it. And it's almost being put there in place for us to teach us that, okay, we need to ascend. And I think that that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of discord out there in, in society now is people are being faced with this and they don't ne necessarily know how to do it. Um, so, I mean, that's just my thought, but in, in the people that you've worked with, have you found that since the pandemic or in the last couple of years that people are, uh, getting more in touch with their, their soul and their inner guide and their intuition? Absolutely. I, I think yeah. that the, I think the last couple of years has been a pressure cooker. I think it's squeezed, squeezed yes. people almost like a, the pressure of, of, of sandstone turning to coal to a diamond yeah good analogy I think, I think that when we're pressured and we use it in the right manner and we manifest it into a into the positive energy we can grow from it and it, it forces us to challenge ourselves if we hold on to the handrail and we choose to remove ourselves from the pressure and become victims of circumstances i think we don't grow so I think these couple of years have put us put put us in this in this in this mindset of growth if we use it to our advantage. Uh, that's so well said. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you can just feel the ascension. You can just feel that there's I, I call it a cause. That's just my terminology, but a cause. There's some sort of greater cosmic shift going on, and it, it's just something that we need to really uh, pay attention to. Well, and uh, yeah. some people are oblivious to it, but there are many out there that are recognizing it. Well, in, in the so. shamanic tradition, uh, what's, it started in 1993, what is known as the Pachacuti, which is the transformation of the earth. Uh, the Pachacuti is the northern, north energies versus, and the southern energies balancing. The eagle from the north, the condor from the south, the masculine and the feminine meeting one another. 
and uniting together to share the different energies together so that we they fly together in peace in strength and in in, in uh, um, understanding and compassion and so that while it started in 1993 it's a natural progression of the earth shifting away from the aggression but more into the intuitive side oh it's beautiful beautiful beautifully said this has been such an amazing hour it's flown by so fast i'd love to have you back on the show sometime soon because there's so many different you know avenues we can go down uh in the last couple of minutes uh any events coming up anything that you would like to promote uh websites even though i i mentioned yeah, earlier, well, anything like that i would i would say that my website is my biggest uh promotion in terms of having people assisting people on their journey uh fantastic them open themselves up open their soul soul's path to finding themselves and you, they could reach me at adamgelluniversalhealing.com and they can look at my some of my exercises, breathing exercises, and my interviews on uh, conversations with Adam Gell and Inspiring Minds. So oh, thank you. Is, yes, thank you. I mean, thank you so much for sharing <laughs> your, your experiences and your wisdom and you, your story is just very inspiring. And I know it's uh, you know it's going to reach a lot of people. It already has. So thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have a fantastic weekend coming up. And then if if anyone's listening that is in the Southern California area and you want to get away, you can come see us at the OC Paracon at the Sinista Hotel on October 1st and 2nd, right there, right across the street from Disneyland in Anaheim, California. So I'll be speaking there about the Queen Mary and then on a panel as well. And as I mentioned, uh, Kelly Brickle and Peter Orbea will also be there as well from the station. Again, I want to thank tonight's guest, uh, Adam. You are fabulous, amazing story. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'd love to get you back on sometime if you're Absolutely. interested. Yep. And so, again, have a happy, happy, safe weekend. Those out in Florida, please stay safe from Hurricane Ian. Hope you guys are going to get your power on soon. And uh, that's about it. Thank you for uh, joining us tonight and exploring that connection between life, death and beyond. And we will see you next week, guys. All right. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.